Welcome to Tech at Lunch, the podcast that satisfies your hunger for all things tech while you enjoy your midday meal. So grab your sandwich, tune in, and let's dig in. Hello, I'm Nick. Hello, I'm Ed. Hey, I'm John. And, you know, this week we got, you know, John back with us. And the first thing I want to do is kind of delve back into last week's topic before we kind of, you know, knock out this week's topic. Um, and what we talked about last week, we got into the um, New Year's New Tech Resolution. So something that you want to learn, something you want to see, um, possibly something you want to attend. Um, so what are you trying to do as far as the tech space, you know, to learn or attend or be part of, or even all three of them are above yeah, I uh, mean, this year. That's that's a hard that's a hard one. There's a lot of stuff because, like, honestly, it's intentionally it's, meant to be that way. <laughs> it's weird as my ADHD taking me this week. Um, no, it. So one of the biggest things that I've been kind of looking at is is some of the costs at the house of of, you know, keeping lights on, keeping doors <coughs> open, efficiency stuff, right? So for me, there's a lot of opportunity in my house. For, for I would say IoT topics and kind of getting into something IoT based so I, I've already purchased the ESP ESP32 or something mm-hmm. like that I think that's I think that's the model and I'm gonna I'm gonna start with the garage making the garage Wi-Fi and and being able to tell if I left my garage door open at work or something like that oh, there you go. The, these are things that are I've I've not learned how to code or learn how to do just yet so these are these are topics I would like to do I've got an Arduino now uh, or a few of them actually and some some um, components uh and and kind of like i think ed you've talked about it before one of those like build your way through something mm-hmm. um those things are pretty fun but it's also good because it'll teach me some of those little things that like mechanically yeah. that i don't that i haven't learned because i haven't pr- haven't progressed through or haven't had the time to learn um i did like basic circuitry in in college but all we talked we barely touched diodes it was mostly just we we very quickly got into like um, and or gates, logic gates, and then that was kind of where it kind of stopped. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just like this is how computing works, and I would like to know a little bit more of that. Um, so that's kind of like what I would like to learn or kind of do um, project based, starting with scan smart home. But place I want to uh, event I want to go to, I'm going to automate. That's that's one of the most uh, um, that and rapid. Uh, were two of the most interesting events. Unfortunately, you know, financial constrictions will uh, yeah. kind of limit some things. And California is a little bit further away than Chicago, so uh, going to Chicago. We'll play the ping pong yeah, game next year. Yeah, it's we'll we'll, f- we'll figure. It out. I mean, honestly, it, it just it's going to take time, and 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 you do have to devote a lot of time to some of these things. And 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 some sometimes you you don't have as much vacation time. You know, yeah. you don't have as much. To, to cover costs and things like that, so it, things happen. But but automate's going to be a great show. They're going to have a lot of a lot of the robot uh, robotics like uh, manufacturers. I think you, the probably the Kuka guys, Siemens mm-hmm. is probably going to be out there and, and, and things like that. Yeah, what was it like over three hundred? Yeah, Yaskawa. Um, so so a lot of a lot of that side of the house will be able to see. Whereas we went to Rapid last year and we saw a lot of the additive manufacturing push and kind of. You could see all the directions that certain companies went in, whether it's like super large prints or super yeah. like the the most micro prints that they can make. We saw that on both sides, so I think that um, I, I expect great things out of automate, and and I expect things much like that. Like mm-hmm. uh, we even saw a, a, a system at at Rapid 
for uh, I think it was Orbital. Um, yeah, Orbital E. Yeah, they, they where they had a Delta system with multiple Kuka robots. Like that's that's crazy to see. Mm-hmm. And honestly, this place, this I'm it's a similar venue, uh, venue, but across the hall, right? Yeah, we're across it's the a street. It's bigger. Yeah. It's a bigger building. I'm assuming. Yeah, I, I yeah. believe, right? So I expect like we were on West Side last time. Yeah. We're going to be East Side this time upstairs yeah. on the second floor. I expect there to be a, a, a much much more grandiose like scale of a of a show, uh, big giant machines mm-hmm. and ro- robots now and not just that like people just being able to automate things. Period. I mean, it's kind of in the in the in the name like your controls and automation side of, yeah. of a lot of the houses there. So I I to me it's it'll be nice to see that side because the only part that I've ever kind of been in is being the IT side and going out onto the floor and saying, hey, this is what I see. What's happening? Yeah. <laughs> so. And, and hopefully this year, you know, when we get you out there to, you know, Chicago, we can actually see the the, te- the training panel that uh, Yaskawa has um, mm-hmm. and get your hands on with that. So you can actually see what me and Ed were talking about. That's, that's cool. just absolutely revolutionary when it comes down to, you know, robot training. Yeah, that'd be cool. I mean, honestly, a lot of this, if it's if it's even just based on robotics, like training and, and, and you know, uh, safety even and just getting how the robots work in the nitty-gritty of it like I would like to see any of those any demonstrations I'm gonna go right up to most likely so you get like we're probably gonna have to have a several times where we will be kind of squirrel off and and kind of get distracted because there's so many there's so many places we won't get to see yeah. all of them and one the one good thing about the difference between automate and um, rapid is rapid was three days it was a three-day show. Mm-hmm. Automate's a four-day show. Yeah, so it's Monday to Thursday. An extra day. So you have a little bit more time. They go till 7 o'clock almost every night, unless we go see a football baseball game, and it's you know kind of you know out the, day, out, the, out the world on that one. Yeah, it depends. <laughs> so, you know. They, they usually, I mean, last time they closed at 5. I'm assuming they're going to close at a reasonable time, and then we yeah. go see a game. But, but yeah, no, it's 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 nice. I mean, we went to Chicago. It's, just, it's, it's, it's a nice area, um, I mean, to be honest with you. Uh, it's a it's a great convention center. We had a, we had a lot of great food, so I'm all, mm-hmm. I'm I'm honestly very excited just to go back. Uh, but um, yeah, just seeing any of the robotics that's that's gonna be something that I wanna uh, I look forward to pretty much the most of the year. Yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah, well. you know, and which you know, glad you're able to you know let us know because you weren't here last week with us. Mm-hmm. You had some stuff you got to get done, but mm-hmm. you know, this week. Um, we're gonna kind of dive into you know a little bit more into the the three D printing side of the house or the added manufacturing side. I guess we didn't really should stop calling it three D printing and go to added manufacturing at this point. Mm-hmm. But it's you know the medical prints mm-hmm. um, and stuff like that. So you know we're talking about you know hip replacements. You know you're talking about jawbone replacements. Stuff we saw at Rapid. You're talking about you know the the, the resin dental printers. Yeah. You know that type of stuff. Yeah. You know and. It's, you know, what is it, brain, the, 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 the covers for somebody has to have cranial surgery or somewhere on? Well, yeah, no, so that you don't have to have a steel plate in your brain uh, right. or in your head anymore. You can, like, you can have a, like, a 3D printed, um, you know, implant. Um, I mean, to be honest with you, medical printing, it, it could be so many different things. It, it yeah. doesn't have to be, like, those are the first things you think about, like, um, medical, like, how, how is this piece going to be implemented into, you know, a person to... To, to help medically get them back to fully functional or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, so, so actually implanting something, I think, is much more of an invasive, and we can get to that a little bit, mm-hmm. too. But um, I'm, I'm 
like the first thing I think of whenever someone says medical printing, I was I was even like, okay, so what can I print that assists a current medical practice? Okay. Right? What what can I print that would you know, it would be a material that takes the place of another tool that, like, you think about, it's, a medical place, it's like a hospital has to be very, has to be very clean, right? right? So they have, a, in that case, they have a lot of disposables and things like that, so it kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. If you take away having everybody have to, uh, like, constantly, like, get new disposable items and you're just making the things new... I mean, honestly, yeah. if you're making them in a clean room and now they're sterile, right? right? So that's the type of thing that I'm making. I'm thinking of, and like okay. even something as simple as a cast. Yeah. You, because you when you like when you go to the doctor now, when you when you get a cast, they wrap they wrap your arm with some cloth. You, the problem with that being, how long is it? How long is it going to be on there? Mm. Like a couple months. You're probably gonna sweat. You might get hot. It might be summer. I mean, you you have like you're gonna take a shower. You're gonna you're gonna have this cast all over your arm in the shower. Mm-hmm. No, it's gonna it's gonna like break and then fall off, right? Right. So at the end of the day, the problem with the cast is conventionally is moisture or things like that. Mm-hmm. Well, what happens with plastic when it gets wet? Yeah, it just off. It's fine. Yeah, it's 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 something that like you can you can develop. Um, a cast in such a way that it'll keep your bone held. Yeah, like a splint. Yeah, like a splint. Now I feel like bigger, bigger breaks would be a little bit tougher to kind of maintain. Like if you, you know, <laughs> if you break most a couple of your bones in your leg, yeah. then not, you're not going to wear a splint for that. You, right. You're going to need some something. Uh, but if you much, think about it, if you, if you print it in TPU or an e-flexible nylon, for example, and you're able to roll it up, secure with a zip tie. You can actually throw that into a you know a firefighter's bag, mm-hmm. and so they have a portable splint, you know, yep. just in case they need one. And you can make multiples of those. And the thing is, is because you can do honeycomb shape, mm-hmm. you know, based on using TPU and stuff like yeah. that, and it still holds its it holds its strength, you know, yeah. being you know even being a little bit more squishy. Because that's what um, it, that's you're, exactly. you're you're reducing the the carry weight of the you know of, of the of the rescue personnel. Yeah. And, you know, the thing is, is um, uh, ounces equal pounds, pounds equal pain. You know, it's something that we were taught very much so in the Marine Corps is, you know, you, you determine your fate by how much you're going to put your back and before we go for a long walk. How much you get attached to items. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> how much water can you drink to get rid of it before you yeah. get the other end? Yeah. So I, I, just to follow up on what both you guys talking about, I think the biggest uh, is three areas, uh, you know, Basically, you, you can do implants and prosthetics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One area that's that's right now being implemented. Uh, other areas are anatomical anatomical models, and then, like you said, medical equipment. So, yeah. if we start with just the implants and the prosthetics, if we look at it from a uh, logistics point of view, we're looking at like musculoskeletal musculoskeletal injuries, and mm-hmm. basically with those. Uh, like you said, they're doing things for like um, replacement for bones, oh, some yeah, of the yeah. stuff with mm-hmm. bone replacement. Like you said, they're doing stuff with the jaws. They're doing stuff with uh, uh, dentures and so forth. But kneecaps. Uh, there is a yeah uh, cartilage. Yeah, cartilage. They're three D printed. Yeah, because you used to have to put screws in the bone, but now you yeah. could probably just put yeah, a little bit of TPU. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Enable is a group that's a volunteer group that has over eight thousand. Um, 3D prints that you can print right now for prosthetic okay. type things. Oh, okay. So that's 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 one thing. And like I said, then you know, 
we can get into the anatomical models. You know, now a person doesn't have necessarily have to have a cadaver. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And you can probably print things. And uh, I forget the guy that made the the German museum where he sliced the people up and took them apart where you could see the inside of the person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You you wouldn't have to have something of that magnitude. You could actually, you know, 3D print out just the heart and have it as a model that you could yeah. take apart, put together, or you could have it as a functioning model. Yeah. Or you could, uh, you know, do something low tech to, to have it working. And then like, there are also things where they're printing uh, stuff for respirator type things mm -hmm. uh, in the, uh, medical devices yeah. i think it's less than ten dollars worth of material yeah no it's, it's incredible yeah. i mean to be honest with you that's that's it just makes sense that we would be going there and when you think about it they've been using like 3d technology 3d scanning and things like that already mm -hmm. like your mris and yeah. things like that so they like it to me the medical field is one of the the most I would say advanced fields in a lot of the a lot of the the, the scanning technology. Yeah, and, and the research that goes into the medical field is able to get to uh, such a point where they're able to test some of these things mm -hmm. as well. Um, uh, but like, you, you're absolutely right because that was going to be something that something that I thought about when I was like you know first going to the dentist and and you know your, your parents like pull you out of school make you go and you're like oh, I don't want to do this uh, and they tell you they they poke and stab at your gums and stuff like that but then they're like hey this is your annual checkup we're going to do a model of your teeth mm -hmm. you absolutely get in a machine you bite down on something and they scan your jaw and they they take and make a like clay model of yeah. of your jawline so that was one of the first times that I, now that I think about it that I was that's out of the manufacturing mm -hmm. right there unless mm -hmm. they unless they did some type of CNC machining which I don't yeah. think they did so to me, like additive has been around a while, and medical has been, you know, accepting it. So I think that it's it makes sense to kind of touch on this. But Nano Dimension was one of the companies that yeah. we saw that was able to print, you know, on such a scale and have it still workable. So dental implants, like if it's if it's like cosmetic implants, I think in most cases there's going to be a a place that can can do this for you now. Yeah. The th and the thing is, is you know, we're finally coming out of the Stone Age when it comes down to medical printing. You know, we're moving out of the the, the archaic world of everything needs to be cast and then poured, and, mm -hmm. and you have to wait. You know, if you think about it, you got these guys out there who they get you know medical insoles because they're either flat footers or something like that, and they have to wait three to six weeks for the you know custom made orthotics to show up. Mm -hmm. Why? Why can't I just throw it in, in a model and just print it? You know, um, if you're printing a nylon, it really doesn't matter. You know, the, the weight that will be able to take it, this, you know, because of the spread. But so it's like you still get some times where I think it's certain portions of the medical field that are a little bit more archaic than others. Yeah. As far as they're not, you know, really jumping in on the bandwagon, while some others are. You know, you have the guys who are doing um, your um, therapies. Who are you know embracing that type of stuff because they're embracing the fact that they can print their own tools and, mm -hmm. or get their tools you know CNC'd or something like that. Um, and I you know I I watched Titan to CNC and one of his guys was in a car accident and he made a, a CNC piece of of, of, of uh, uh, stainless mm -hmm. for his um, uh, um, trainers that help break up scar tissue. Mm -hmm. um, and but the thing is he CNC printed he CNC'd that 
However, you can still take one of those things and throw it in a freaking um, uh, in a laser sintering device and, and print it that way too. If yeah. you don't want to throw it through a you know and print it in stainless steel mm-hmm. instead of you know CNCing it, which you know each each his own. But um, I think finally, with the advent of the shows like Rapid and the, and the organizations like SME out there who are bringing this stuff to people's attention and saying, hey, guess what, guys? You know, you can do this. It's a little bit different, but, you know, we, we'll get there. You know, and it's like um, you have a couple other, other you know, um, uh, you know, companies out there that are specializing just in form labs, for example. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I almost forgot that name. Um, the fellows over at form labs, the stuff that they're doing with their resin printers right now yeah. is absolutely they're huge in the medical. Um, they've actually had a couple, a couple like presentations on on YouTube. Mm-hmm. They have about medical printing too. So, they're they're yeah. Form Labs is a good one to um the good one to listen it's to. A good case study. Yeah, no, they have a lot of good information. So, um, I mean, yeah, that's that's the truth. I mean, like when when you're thinking medical printing, like most people aren't. It's they they hear that and they're like you're printing like hearts and. And, and lungs and stuff like that in certain cases I mean yes but that's not going to be a functional lung right now um, but I can guarantee you that at a certain point that they're, they're going to attempt to try to print something like that and yeah. get it to work I, I, I have you know no doubt that, that they're going to continuously push the bounds and maybe not put it in a person immediately but okay. like think about think about what happened what did, what did Neuralink do the other day they put a chip in someone's mm-hmm. brain and and uh, they're reading you know uh, signals from it there was a, I don't know if it was Neuralink but there was another company that connected uh, someone who was a paraplegic to a like a kind of like a six doll mm-hmm. tiny little kooka robot little one of those things and he fist it was like fist bumping Obama or something like that. Like mm-hmm. that was crazy to see. I was I was absolutely uh, wild by something like that. But the fact that you could probably get to some type of implant that's three D printed that can maybe fit in some type of module or something like mm-hmm. that um, is incredible. I mean, it's a little scary, and sometimes people yeah. are already people are already scared of microplastics. I get it. Well, uh, if you think about it, they've got to the point now where they're three D printed tissue. Yeah, you know. Well, yeah, that's that's the thing. I mean, we they were printing tissue on the International Space Station. Right? Yeah, so it's <laughs> like like tish, like the soft fabric tissue. Yeah. Okay. So I think that the the measure for like anything that people say, hey, this is new technology, is it hasn't become a microwave yet. So what that means is, is it is is it an an appliance that's used in hospitals? So as of twenty nineteen. There are 113 hospitals that mm. have centralized 3D facilities. There you go. On site. Mm-hmm. It's growing. Yeah, but that that speaks volumes. Before it was only two or yeah. three. I, I think yeah. it's what I mean. What matches us? We're about a quarter of the United States. Yeah. yeah. At so, this point. so I'm just saying that it it is a technology or yeah. a uh, type of uh, yeah. um, tool that they're using. Now. Yeah. And the I mean, thing is, is if you think about it, roll three. What we call Roll Three, you know, as the Marine Corps is Roll Three Trauma Hospitals. You know, um, they are ones that could benefit from having a three D printing lab on site. You know, your 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 trauma environment. That's what you do. Mm-hmm. You handle all of the major accidents in your area. You know, they show up at your front doorstep. You know, if you can have printers on site where it's like, hey, I need to stabilize this guy or gal or something like that. 
who's got a broken arm, let me let me go ahead and print this splint real quick to, to fit him, just so I can you know triage this guy a little faster before I move on to the next. Mm. You know, and you know the thing is, is more and more and more you see roll three or trauma hospitals get involved. You know, I think you'll start seeing where you know a lot of that comes to light because you know some of the big wigs and you know the trauma hospitals are always looking for ways to speed up the triage process so you're not sitting in the ER for you know three or four hours at a time. Yeah, I mean not even just that training training yeah. practices like you have a 3D printing facility where you don't have to have some somebody's like heart is like lacerated and you're trying to come help do some mm-hmm. type of surgery or something like that or I, I don't know exactly that sounds a little bit ridiculous but like you, you don't have necessarily the same examples like in front of you that you could 3d print like if someone broke a bone or or think a piece is out of place how, how do i pop these back into place right. like things like that as well as knowing knowing um this was something that like i was thinking about the other day is if you can scan someone like uh with with some type of mri or ct scan right ct for your brain i think actually. yes so mri you you can you scan any por- portion of your body but if you can create like someone's stomach and then you're like hey this is the size of their stomach okay this is the type of this is the amount of medicine mm-hmm. that it, that would be able to metastasize or whatever you want to or whatever it's called in in the stomach you're able to digest this much so you don't over prescribe dosages and stuff like that if people are taking um certain type of medication you yeah. you can you can judge if someone's like hey this is the size of of their stomach or this is the size of the person and that doctor's supposed to give you some type of medical like medication like pre- prescription they can better better make judgments off of those things. I mean, it, it's training. I mean, that's just a small example or a small like one example yeah, of. And, and, and most of your large hospitals have medical artistry departments in them. Yeah. So you know you got the, the in, you know it's like you, and also the medical school, medical schools mm-hmm. have you know medical depa- have medical artistry departments that that's all they do. They you know they draw this stuff out. They're part of the lab work guys. Mm-hmm. You know that stuff. You get those guys involved in making you know CAD models and. You know, yeah. STLs, and they're printing, you know, especially if you get, like, a bamboo lab or you get, like, a, um, um, you know, some of the other, uh, a Voron with an enraged cavity, uh, enraged carrot feeder kit on it. Um, so, you know, it, it, the thing is, is you start doing multi-material, so you can actually start printing realistic hearts. Mm. You know, so you can actively print these things out, give it to a student and say, hey, guess what, you're going to go, you're, you're, you're going to cardiology here, you can study the heart, and you actually mm-hmm. have something to hold on to. And you can easily make it, you know, removable you and have, the like, chambers. the valves yeah. and then have everything labeled because guess what? You can print it in multiple, you know, um, uh, you know, colors. You can print, you know, the veins in blue. You can print all of this stuff, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the outside of the chambers are white and, you know, with a red lining and stuff like that. So you can still print all of that, and it gives a student, a cardiology student, something to hold on to, stare at, and go, okay, cool, I know what I'm, I know what I'm looking at. Yeah. Then what? Some people uh, hands on learners. Yeah. Yeah. Another application is is so I know everybody's seen their grandmother's Monday through Sunday um, peel mm-hmm. um, containers. You know, so poly peel is something they're working on now, where a person's taking five or more uh, doses of medication, where you have each of the levels in this poly pig that dissolve at a certain rate, mm-hmm. and you can customize the uh, dosage of the medicine. So that's something they're looking at with 3D printing also, where okay. they're making uh, personalized or um, 
specialized um, pills where a person doesn't have to take five pills, you know, because they have to have this medication after a heart surgery mm-hmm. or, or some type of transplant. Um, so this pill would release at certain um, mm-hmm. intervals. Um, so that's yeah. that's another avenue that they're Definitely doing makes stuff. Sense. It's, it's crazy how much chemistry is mixed into not only just what you're printing out of, but like what the 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 end product of the print is too. That that goes a lot with a kind of. I think I think you and me had the conversation when we were walking around the floor at Rapid, especially when we were going between like Nano Dimension um, and Polyspector and a couple other guys. We were. I think the conversation came up about what what's next in the world of filament and um um and resins. Hmm. You know, I, I think that's a conversation that I think I, I think you and me were having part of that conversation. I think we were talking to a couple of folks from Forum Labs about it too. It's like you know, what's next? You know, what can be next? Yeah, they, I mean, the Forum Labs was doing the the flame resistant FDM, and they also I think they have a flame resistant resin too. We we saw Fosen had like impact resistant. Um, I mean, to be honest with you, everybody's trying something different. So I think I think mm-hmm. that it makes it makes sense. Um, and and if you can have something, this is something that I think we should cover in a future episode or something like that, because there's a lot that we can kind of yeah. unpack. But like a, a a dynamic print or something like that mm-hmm. that's able to change over time. I mean, that kind of goes into like if they're if they're using three D printing for those pills. I mean, that's dynamic if it's changing or 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 taking longer right. like time it's, release. Uh, the rate that the uh, membrane dissolves. Yeah, So they're exactly. printing uh, multiple membranes, and I'm not sure. I'll take a guess, not saying that it's right, Mm -hmm. depending on the thickness of how you print the membrane compared to the acid in your stomach, Mm -hmm. it would have some rate of the of dissolving that yeah. that membrane. I'm guessing may not be that. I wouldn't doubt that it's also maybe. something with the lattices yeah. of the structure could, too. So. Could be. Could, yeah. yeah. Now, if you think about it, something like that. If you know how most people, you know, when you talk about the plates people have installed, you know, if they break a bone or something like that, you can use 3D printing to if, if they can come up with this safe enough to for a, like a dissolvable plate mm-hmm. that as the bones fuse together and finally grow together, that plate slowly but surely dissolves. Because the right bone. now. Bone graft or something. Right, because the problem is, is right now what you have is you got these people getting these plates put in their foot or in their arm or leg or whatever and they have to go back and have it removed. Mm-hmm. You know, or they're stuck with this plate there and you walk to a metal detector sounding like you freaking, you know, yeah. you're, you're mm-hmm. smuggling something. You know, and next thing you know it, you're in a back room and it's quiet and, you know, somebody's put on gloves. You know, it's you, you don't want that. I don't want that. You know? <laughs> you're not going to find anything. Now, I would go a little bit further where you're going with that. Uh, Let's just take a look further. So, so the, what direction the, the, are you going the, on first? One of the last things <laughs> Please, that no. we were excited about I mean, just 10 years ago was nanotechnology. Yep. Nanomachines. Mm-hmm. If nanomachines is a thing that we can make happen, and these nanomachines can be distributed throughout the body to do repairs, why couldn't we deploy nanomachines with 3D printing capability to make these lattices inside for the bone grafting. Yeah, Why I mean, could that capability, of course, I don't think we have the computing capability yeah, for that now, but mm-hmm. we haven't got things down Small to that enough. structure. Yeah. But if, you know, just 10 years ago, like I said, that's something yeah. everybody was excited about. Definitely uh, not. You know, I'd see a benefit in it, and then uh, for some certain reason, you know, the pop in my head is Magic School Bus. You know, um... You're in shrink, right? <laughs> I mean, that's that's so. 
It does, yeah. It doesn't seem like it's too far off. It doesn't seem like it's too far off. I mean, it's it, some people are gonna have to, yeah, right. Some people are gonna have to fight off the the kind of uh, fear of like letting robot like tiny little robots like go into you or something like mm-hmm. that or, or 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 work on you. But like I th- I think at a certain point once they like once everything's proven. And, and starts working like it should, like it's gonna be undeniable. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't yeah. doubt that that's something that would I, happen. I would even argue that for what you're talking about, that generation is probably in the next fifty years won't be here. Mm. It's fair, yeah. That that generation that you're talking about has those type of concerns. Mm-hmm. You know, was it the book nineteen eighty four? I think it is, mm. where it mm-hmm. talks about you know. Uh, Things that are happening in the future, we've seen some of those things come true based mm-hmm. on what this guy wrote. I mean, years ago. Yeah. Um, but that I don't think you're gonna have a problem with that because technology has become so ingrained mm-hmm. in the the youth of the day. Mm-hmm. I don't think you'd have any resistance. I think the issue is is they can probably make it in a lab, you know, viable, but making it do what it's supposed to do in the body. Mm-hmm. So, for example, yeah. if, if the newest thing, and not to get off, I'm just going to do a real quick AI and machine learning and blah, blah, blah. Yes, it's fantastic. Yes, it's wonderful. Yes, it can change the world. The problem is, is still, you cannot take the human brain as of yet mm-hmm. and take all of the functionality that the human brains and all of the uh, processes that go with you know, sending signals here and there. Mm-hmm. AI at this moment cannot do that because yeah. it does not have. I would say it doesn't have a soul, and not to get in religion, but I mean, like, it doesn't have substance. Mm-hmm. It's it's not real. I'm not gonna say it's not real intelligence. It's artificial intelligence, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. It's artificial exactly, intelligence. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, it's like it's, you, trying, it's trying to emulate. It's trying it, to emulate it's something missing. that it can't at this point, right. and they, it feels artificial. They used they used yeah. a, you know AI to fly a fighter jet against yeah. a you know a, an actual you know fighter pilot. Mm-hmm. The only problem is they had to terminate the test because the AI airplane doesn't have the thought of death and was actually spearing instead of shooting. It was going to spear. The other pilot, which would work, it would work, yeah. But the thing is, is didn't think that it's, it's, I mean, that's a couple of million dollars, but who, right? Who's, Probably who's, couple, who's couple fussing about a few million, few million so, dollars, you know? Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah they, they terminated the, the, the test, but they said, <laughs> the funny part is, is because this thing didn't show any fear, it saw them coming from a long distance away, and then immediately went to an engagement pattern, mm-hmm. you know, and immediately went on the went on the attack without you know waiting, mm. so. You know, you you have that stuff out there. You also have the drones that are you know flying around, whatever. Yeah. But that's here nor there. That's you know. Like that's that, not to take us down the rabbit hole. It, we're not saying it's good or bad. I'm just saying <laughs> right. that it's there. Going back, getting back on topic with mm-hmm. the nano yeah. technology being somehow incorporated with the 3D printing technology, where mm-hmm. it could print, um, you know, structure, tissue or mm-hmm. bone material or um, cartilage or whatever. Even mm-hmm. maybe even. Can can uh, do repairs to blood vessels. You know mm-hmm. I, who knows. Yeah, we, we've already seen it where it's being used in an expeditionary pa- uh, pattern with you know the Marine Corps and the Navy. You know, printing out friggin' casts and stuff like that. Yeah. splints for you know people who are injured printing on the back of a helicopter. Man, can, can you imagine 
what that would mean to a country that is not uh, does not have the economic means yeah. to right. have all of the equipment you have to have yeah. for something as simple as a, a, a broken wrist. But the thing is, is you know, it's gonna be, you get a couple sticks. <laughs> and it's really been you know, a, you know, a thought process for me. It's you know, when I started thinking about it, is how can three D printing impact you know third world countries and stuff like that. You know, how how can we see that improve other than putting stuff in the ocean? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But you know, but, yeah. Okay. The thing is, is you know, with that, you get the guys, you know, get the the three D printers that are doing splints and stuff like that. Yeah. You have concrete three D printers building hospitals. Exactly. Um, and you slowly but surely build the infrastructure. You know, you're building things right. from these 3D printers and going bigger and bigger and bigger until sustainable life happens. And you don't have to have specialized training. So I don't have to have a architect on site because right. I have a model that's, mm -hmm. that's been used and I put the model in there, I allow the printer to go. I have to make sure that the printer follow the parameters. We don't mm -hmm. have anything like clogs and things like that. Mm -hmm. But that's a real short training. And that third world country, like you said, mm -hmm. now can become self-reliant. Right, exactly. And the thing is, is I think for them, More resources, yeah. they're yeah. the ones who need the help the most. It's like, if you think about it, at that point, you know, because the thing is, is one big thing that you have with medical is the fact that you need clean water. If you can, if you can 3D print the tubes and stuff like that, that you can make siphons. You can make cleaning mm -hmm. tubes. You know, just 3D printing a tube and stuffing it full of freaking charcoal. Mm -hmm. You know, and you've just made a you know a way to clean your make potable water. I mean, if we go with the lattices, like John's right. talking about, why couldn't we have lattices that's based on carbon, like carbon filtering, yeah. that's built into this yeah. thing yeah. we're printing, and we don't have to add another process. Yeah, not all in one process. Yeah, you you get exactly what you're saying. And the thing is, is I know there's some film, some resin prints out there that can actually do you know carbon filament, you know, and, and, I, and that can that can pull carbon and stuff like and, and stuff like that out of you know out of water. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, if you think about it, you know that is able to make even the smallest of countries freaking viable because mm -hmm. now they have clean drinking water. They're able to print those things and hand them out. Mm. So you know their medical facilities become more and more and more you know valuable. Based on you know the influx, yes, power may become an issue, um, but if they're in an area where power isn't very much generated, unless you're trying to run a tire 3D printer off of a off of a you know you know a sundial. Well, I mean, mm -hmm. I, I think there are things that you can do. Yeah, you know, even in those generators, yeah, yeah, yeah generators, you can do things with you know like solar power in conjunction with some type of um, Battery technology that's you know not uh, I would say invasive. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. Even if you couldn't use that, you can. There there are other things you can use like wind power to use generating electricity. So mm -hmm. I think it could be done because you're we're we're not saying that this thing has to run twenty four seven. Right. But at least I'm able to take this machine out. Even yeah. if I had to run petrol, which is probably not ideal. Yeah. But even if I had to put petrol in this printer. Mm -hmm. And I took this printer on site, and it did what it what it does. Uh, heavy equipment runs all the time, all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if we can do heavy equipment, I'm pretty sure we can take the same concept mm -hmm. that we use with heavy equipment, and and quickly mm -hmm. apply it Diesel to a 3D, 3D printing print. application. Yeah. That's the same way. Yeah. Diesel you, power 3D printing. You can. You, we can basically have rentals where you can rent 
this machine that has the capability to 3D print a house. Disaster recovery. Yeah. You know, you start dealing with disaster recovery at that point. And the thing is, is your first thing you do disaster recovery is you focus on the on the medical field. You know, get them up and running before you focus on everybody else. Because if the medical is moving, then you can triage whoever else you find. And, and, and here's one other thing. Like we was talking about, okay, maybe the nanobots is not something that's, you know, viable at this moment. But dissolvable materials are. Mm-hmm. If, if we can have the same concept of a polypeel, why can we not have a, a uh, structure that we're using for bone grafts or whatever that, okay, hey, at the end of three months, six months, it dissolves. Yeah. It, it lasts for this amount of time. And it's, it's beyond the amount of time that the heal has to happen. Mm-hmm. Or let's say we add some technology to it. Hey, we add some microprocessor, you know, and we can do it. Mm-hmm. You can make mi- microprocessors as small as you want to, mm-hmm. like even almost the size of a grain of salt. And you can use, you know, maybe some of the um, things that happen in the body to power this device. Or you can maybe add some uh, where the blood flow, say blood is flowing across it, and it has some type of generator mm-hmm. that allows it to flow and create a small enough uh, uh, power where you can communicate back to the doctor mm-hmm. and it tells the doctor hey it, it has healed so it's just a sensor to say hey the, the fracture is healed mm-hmm. hey it's you know my my birth date is up is mm-hmm. due or up and the doctor sends a command to say okay start the, the process of mm-hmm. of uh, dissolving or just say so many months yeah dissolve yeah. Yeah, oh, I mean, it's probably going to start there, to be honest with yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm so just saying, like, yeah. it's, 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 it's countless ways of doing it, you know, but for me, what I would like to see, and it's a little off, I would like to see for the plastics and microplastics that we generate have a way to do exactly what we just said. Mm-hmm. You know, I would like to see one day we make biodegradable plastics. Mm-hmm. But still, 100%. without losing the properties of having those, yeah, the characteristics we have, all those sacrificing things that, quality. Yeah, I don't want to sacrifice quality. I think it's a way to do it. Maybe it costs more to process, mm-hmm. but I think if we can do that, then it's then three D printing would really be yeah. a win win. This is this is what we go well, getting into. It's it's the chemistry where you're really like you you get into the nitty gritty of of the atoms and, and how and what elements are connecting and things like that because uh, some of these are non-dissolvable just because of the materials like the the, the, the bonds mm-hmm. that are created mm-hmm. are so strong that you need a lot more and more energy to be able to break mm-hmm. them and, and mm-hmm. things like that so for them to be able to dissolve it's almost impossible so I but I but PLA yeah. PLA dissolves biodegradable yeah, so so I think that uh, you're you're not wrong in the sense that like it's going to happen because we w- Polyspectra was another company mm-hmm. that we look, we saw at Rapid that was developing some some resins that were uh, high impact uh, resistant as well as um, they had like tensile strength like mm-hmm. the, the the like if you print a bridge you try to snap it in half it's it takes a lot more uh, mm-hmm. foot pounds to to break uh, more force as well as a finished print they could put in some boiling water. And what do you do? What happens usually with the print when it, when you get it back to the temperature that it was uh, uh, printing at? It gets back into this little muck or this goo or whatever, and mm-hmm. it starts being malleable mm-hmm. again. However, with their prints, 
No, they were fine. It's solid the entire time. Still solid, yeah. Still, um, I think it was the test print for any cubic that little cube. Yep. And and they they were they were doing fine. So it's it's gonna be a. We gotta get them on here one of these days. Yeah, it's gonna be a breakthrough of um of in in the chemistry. It's it's got has to be. It's gonna be have to be a breakthrough of of you know how the how the print is done because uh, another company that was doing some some cool stuff was. Um, remember their name but they make the they make the shoe with adidas um oh, so uh, yeah they make the 44 yeah so they have they have a way that it's not only there's two ways that it's curing and it's uh, um they're spinning it and and getting all the excess uh they're hitting it with uv and they're hitting it with temp so there's two ways that it's curing mm-hmm. um so that makes it that much more durable right so that's a company that was their materials company and, a, and a, uh, that's kind of what their specialty was is developing things like that I, just from his explanation on the YouTube video that he, that I saw about it they yeah. if any of the if, if the, all the researchers think like he does they're gonna figure it out yeah well I think I, I think right now is it doesn't make dollar sense that's that's so, it. I don't think the research you run is, is put dollar. into it because yeah. why would I change PET or why would I yeah. change ABS or Only why would thing. I change nylon? Yeah. Why why would I change this process? Yeah. And nothing to do with three D printing, just in general, plastic mm-hmm. injection molding. Why why? Yeah. Why would yeah. I add more cost? It's yeah, like, it's you think true. about it, there are there are companies out there who we have seen that fishy filaments mm-hmm. that make filament out of. Um, um, they're like a like pure reclamation almost. Old freaking fishing line. Yeah, I remember you used to tell me about that. Yeah. So, you know, there's that. Oh, there's always that. And that's a, that's, that's a, recycling is a big part right. of it. Mm-hmm. But it's the, so 3D printing is not the biggest abuser mm-hmm. in the landfill. Mm-hmm. So anybody that's, that's pushing that, that's, that's incorrect. That's wrong. Right. <laughs> it's consumers are the biggest Right. Impact and which additive we, is inherently better just because yeah. you're only adding as much right. as you need. And the yeah. thing is, if you think about it, you know, then you start to get a lot. The like what you were talking about earlier, the the um, uh, hospital waste. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, once you can start knocking out that hospital waste a little bit, you think about how much trash they generate. Yeah. Or, you know, or cruise ship. Or, or, like I said, it's it's really us consumers. Think mm-hmm. about how much plastic you're putting in the landfill every week. You're putting in a plastic bag that you put the material in. Mm-hmm. You have containers that have plastics in them. Mm-hmm. You use body wash that has plastics. Mm-hmm. And on and on and on. Restaurants mm-hmm. that have plastics. L- not trying to condemn anybody. I'm just making people realize mm-hmm. that we are the persons, or we are the people that are making the demand. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, you know, I saw something the other day, and, you know, it is, it is, you know, done in an additive way, is the fact that there are people out there that are making, like, for example, for, like, hospitals and stuff like that, uh, utensils and plates and stuff like that out of baking soda, out of compressed baking soda. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It doesn't transfer any flavor or anything like that, so yeah, people can still use it as a plate and a fork and all the other fun stuff. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you throw it away, it's gone. But here's a novel idea. Mm-hmm. What if we just had... Metal utensils. How long would a metal utensil last? Yeah. yeah. I'd be honest, it'll last a long time. 
<laughs> but the thing is, you think about how That's many one-use t- one-use plastics they use in yeah. hospitals. Yeah. I'm saying, just say, not not anything I'm using for sur- surgical. Right, food. right. I'm like saying food and stuff like that. And then I'm get us back on topic. Then I'm saying just food in general. If we had metal utensils, and they had you know some type of system that sanitized that that utensil, millions of dollars mm-hmm. would be saved in the in the uh, food industry. Yeah. Millions. Your cost would plummet. The, the the cafes that they have in Europe, you have where you put your plate and your bowl and stuff like that in the carousel. Yeah. You know, and stuff like that. And they don't use any more use plastics anymore. Mm-hmm. It, it's everything's cleanable. You have you do have your your your, your uh, napkins that you're throwing away. So really you're throwing away your napkins in a recyclable can. Other than that, everything yeah. else is washed. And and if and if you're using IOT and we'll get into some of these topics in, in later uh, episodes, but if you you didn't see IOT like some of the uh, Japanese uh, um, airports, where basically the disposal unit presses down the trash, compacts it each time, and then when it's ready to be emptied, it sends a message to somebody. Mm. Then they come pick it up. So you don't have to have a person that runs around and do a routine. Yeah. It mm. tells you. Yeah, I don't think we're far off from that, to be yeah, honest yeah. with you, because that's how, I mean, when I worked in Boston, that's how the compra- their, their compactors were working in, in the city, because mm-hmm. it's so it's so tight, you, ha- you had to be on such a tight schedule. Yeah, I think they got in the Wayne Airport, too. Yeah, it's, it's only, I wouldn't say everywhere, but only in certain places yeah. or, or like this, I mean, where it makes sense, of course, right? So, yeah, I, I mean, all these things, medical-based, like, I... To me, it's still even though lots of hospitals are using it, I still think it's it's in its infancy as far as three D printing is, yeah, it's is concerned. Yeah, thirteen. How many hospitals are in just South Carolina? Yeah, yeah. Man, a lot. <laughs> yeah. We should have what four <laughs> major role three triage. I'm just saying, yeah. just think about how many are in yeah. in a state. But yeah, you think yeah. about probably all the major ones have yeah. have the three D facility, right? Mm-hmm. So. So for me, like the fact that they're implementing it and they're they're creating like a like a space for it, it's good because yeah. that's gonna only you know it, it's gonna only create more of the demand that we're talking about the yeah. need or at least prove the worthfulness of it. Um, I don't know if many urgent care centers are having it, but yeah, they're not probably. Well, yeah. I, I would like for us. I know we're getting close. We're getting a little long on the episode, so uh, mm-hmm. we'll probably get close to ending unless you guys wanna. Add some no, more things. I was wrapping up anyway. <laughs> but I would like to add this. I would like for us to come back to this topic and yeah. cover some other things. Mm-hmm. But I would like to cover it from um, maybe we do a little bit more. Um, hey, it could be used as you said in a triage application. Like you said, it can be used for hey, we need to uh, make some kind of cast or do bone grafting or skin mm-hmm. grafting, and then also. For kids that don't have money to, to 3D print their own prosthetics, I'd like to come back sometime in the future where we mm-hmm. we kind of delve into that and say what the what the advantage of that is, and maybe offer some avenues for people to get access to these uh, yeah. these models so they can start you know maybe looking at them and playing around with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and I think with that, I think uh, you know we've kind of came towards you know kind of rounded it out and came towards the end. Um, and you know, I, you know, of course, you know, I always wanted to, you know, say thank you, you know, we're at, you know, 2,206 all time downloads, you know, we've kind of, you know, been making waves and, you know, moving finally. 
you know, getting the waves underneath us. Um, and, you know, we, we couldn't be happier, uh, you know, to share this, this with y'all. Um, you know, definitely, you know, go check out some of the stuff we got going on. Um, you know, Printed Heritage. We've got stuff going on over there. We'll have more stuff going on the blog soon. Um, we are going to be kind of really starting also getting into discussing how does STEM 3D printing and stuff like that impact the automotive aftermarket. Um, you know, we start dealing with that. Uh, so, you know, be ready. You know, you, you know, we're not, you know, we're gonna have some fun with it. You'll definitely get some coverage from, from automate this year. Um, so I want to say thank you and, uh, I'm going to turn you over to the guys. Uh, I'd just like to say, uh, we appreciate all of the support. Um, we're looking forward to bringing you, uh, more content. Um, and, uh, if you guys have any ideas or, um, we want to probably set up a poll sometime in the future to, to get a vote on how we want to, do we want to do a live, um, version of this? Do we want to maybe, uh, have a Q and A? Do we want to have a meet and greet? So we want to probably offer a few options to you guys and like do a vote and see what the people vote on and then go with, you know, what the majority says and maybe we'll do some fun things like that. Happy hour live stream. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and from my side, of course, I say thank you. I mean, it's every single time. Um, it's nice to have an avenue to at least talk about some of this stuff. But uh, if you guys have not, you should check out some scholarly articles. If you guys have not started learning on something or you've heard something that you were like, hey, I don't know enough about that, go on to a couple of those. You can Google scholarly articles online. There's free directories and free databases. A couple of them, JSTOR and DO. AJ, I'm going to be honest with you, I don't know what those mean exactly, but these, one of them is Department of Open Access Journals, I think that's the last one there, I mean, so pretty much every time someone submits something for, like, for, to, to, you know, get approved with their school, they're probably in some type of research program, they, ha they submit it, and then they ask if it's, if it's done well enough, or asked to get submitted to these articles, these open posts, so, um, it's something that you guys should check out. It's something that I've been kind of digging into and, and looking at, and you never know what someone's working on until you ha you read. Like I'm not saying you got to read like 20, 30 page articles, but there's a couple cliff notes that you can see uh, and get your mind thinking. You know, okay. so check out a couple of those. But uh, yeah, uh, stay tuned. We got a lot of stuff coming, and yeah, get you on the next one. All right, y'all. Have a good one. Have a good one. That's all for this episode of Tech at Lunch. Thanks for tuning in and joining us for this tech-filled lunch break. We hope you enjoy the show. And don't forget to subscribe on all channels. And also, you can find us on YouTube under Volcanar Technology Solutions. And join us for our next episode, which gets published every Wednesday at 8 a.m. All right, y'all. Have a good one. See you later.